Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Quobotas Podcast, the Catholic podcast that helps to begin with the end in mind. My name is Taylor Geiger and I'm joined by Father Mark Malezova over there. Father Mark, hello. Good day to you. Good, good day. We've already done that. I, well, yeah, but you know, sometimes you gotta bring back the old. Well, the thing is, I said good day because I, you know, I don't people want to know whether we're doing this in the morning or in the afternoon or the evening, so it's just sort of like catch-all, good day. Good day. Mm-hmm. Good day. I do that sometimes, like, when I'm trying to do an email. Like, I said, usually, like, when I type an email, I put, like, good morning, good afternoon, oh, yeah, yeah. Like that, you know? But I think there's one I was sending this the other day, and I, was, I, was, I started typing it, like, at, I think it was, like, 11 o'clock, and I put good morning, and I'm like, well, what if they've been set 1 o'clock? Maybe I should just say good day, or, like, or greetings. And then I was like, I think I'm overthinking greetings. the whole of the <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> it does timestamp your email, so they would see it that does. I sent it in the morning. I was definitely overthinking that. Yeah, greetings? That doesn't... That, greetings. That one doesn't come... I don't feel like I don't see that all that often. No. Other than season's greetings. I feel like the greetings thing, I honestly, I think I picked up from uh, Tony Mack over at Ron Colley High ah. School. Shout out to Tony Mack. I think he's got a lot of the emails of greetings. Ah. So I think that's kind of where I picked it up from, if I'm being honest. Now that I'm thinking about it, I've never thought about that before. I'll use, like, if it's sort of like <laughs> guys and gals, I'll, I'll say folks. Folks. And I, I took that from somebody. I don't remember whom, but it's sort of like a catch-all. You, mean you like, took that from, like, every politician ever who always does, ah, uh, folks. <laughs> Does that still happen? We got, yeah, I can hear that, but, but like, can you give like a current example? Uh, well, Tony Evers does it a lot. He uses does the he? word folks a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Barack Obama was very famous for saying folks a lot. Like, ah, really? folks. You know, it's just okay. kind of what he did. It was just this. Yeah. I, it's, well, it works. It does. It does. It fits the bill. It's a, it's a kind of a little midwesterny. You know, it's it's friendly. Folks. It is. But you all, you all, you always refer to your 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 parents as your folks too, mm-hmm. you, I, I mean, which I don't really hear too often. A lot mm-hmm. of times, like yeah, I'm going to my folks' place this weekend by mm-hmm. that. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know where that came from. Look at though. us, look at us trying to hammer down into each other's quirks a little bit. Well, I just feel like I just reiterate <laughs> once again that I'm a 60 year old man. So <laughs> thanks for that. You, <laughs> you are the oldest young person that I, I know. I know. And it's a uh, it's an honor. We also have another uh, young priest with us here <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> It's Father Adam Bradley. He's the director of the Kairos here. We work with him over in the, in the Office of Vocations, and he's our most reoccurring guest. I feel like I don't have to do too many uh, too many introductions for you. The good people probably already know you're you're just you're, you're smooth as silk voice, Father. Hey, Father Adam. Hey, how's it going? Good. There it is. <laughs> Did you feel compelled to make your voice sound silkier when I said that? Like, was there a subconscious decision of like, oh, hello? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I was actually, when you said, like, silky voice or whatever, yeah. I was like, that's... Like that's, a morning shock jack. Yeah, that's weird. Although they're not, they're probably not more, like, they're not really silky voices. No, no. I picture more of, like, like the smooth jazz station or something, you know? <laughs> Do those, Do those, is that those still exist? <laughs> <laughs> we play only Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's younger people that says they have no idea who Kenny G is. No, probably not, but I think they should. So I think this is an alerting opportunity podcast. So press pause and go on your phone unless you're driving, in which case don't do that. And you go on Google and type in Kenny G, and you can be enlightened. I'm pretty sure my mom has a Kenny G Christmas CD God somewhere stacked, stashed away. 100%. I feel like I can see the cover of it. Like, 100% that's the demographic yep. that buys that. Does <laughs> yep. like, she listen to the podcast? Do you know? Yeah, she does. Does yeah. she? Yeah, she oh, does. Karen, if she, you have it, I want. I want you. To, I want you to break that out at Christmas time. Do you have for, something for to family, play please? a CD on? Do I? Yeah. That's a great question. Me, my car. Because <laughs> my car player. doesn't. My your car doesn't, doesn't have a CD. Does player? not have a no, CD. Player. Yours doesn't. What? No. What year no. is your car? Twenty eighteen. 
Oh my gosh! What? And yours is like brand. Yours is like newer. Yeah, it's newer year, year old, too. Oh, that's year that's crazy. Yeah. You guys have a CD player anymore? Nope. What? Remember that was such a novelty thing, like to have one. Now yeah. it's gone. Yeah, I my first car didn't have one. It had a it had a tape player in it, and I oh uh, I did the same thing. I, yeah, yeah. I had, yeah. had a tape player With that the had the little wire yeah, you yeah. could plug the aux cord yeah. into, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty cool. And then uh, and then now it makes technology. They don't know the pain it takes while you're driving to have to open up like the glove compartment or like Put little armrest t- try to find a new CD and scramble through it and then all your CDs are in different sleeves because you keep just pushing them in different ones it's, did you have like the sleeve struggle. above like the visor that would come down like sometimes no, they put I that had friends and just be had, kind of all in no, like I, ready I, position yeah, there I had friends who had that I never liked the commitment level that that involved because mm. you can only fit like six CDs in there and I had way too many then I couldn't just like say okay these are the six I want even though I probably only cycled through but what was your go to my go-to CD. Yes. Um, I guess it would depend. I mean, so like I had a couple of mix CDs that I made of some like like some like illegally my, downloaded. No, it was all from iTunes because you oh, can okay. yeah, you could have iTunes on there and you could burn them onto a onto a disc and stuff like that. Okay. And then you and you you'd take it out and take the sharpie and you'd write you know who's all on the thing. Man, this is weird. <laughs> What's funny is like <laughs> I can imagine that like thing. you know the guys who are discerning priests are listening to this and be like, what are these old dudes talking about CDs? For? <laughs> What's like, a CD? It's like they're getting nostalgia <laughs> over things. They're getting nostalgic over glass discs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a whole like new like resurgence of like record sales now. Like oh, yeah. I saw like for yeah. the first time since like the 80s, record sales actually went up as opposed to going down. Like like in the last like two years or something like that. So like people are buying tons of like records now, which I never had any records. You know, that's that was well past my time. That was I, my parents' old records. Yeah, my dad had some records. Yeah, I remember yeah. he had a Kiss a, a Kiss <laughs> record. It was Kiss Destroyer. And uh, when I was a little kid, I was super scared of it because because oh, they yeah. all were dressed up like they're like, like, they're like, like, like Halloween all the time. Yeah. They look like <laughs> it was, Halloween. It was sitting there. I was always scared of it, but he'd play it sometimes. He'd put it on, on the record player and he'd a little scratch from the needle and then you hear Kiss blaring. <laughs> Man. I own one album. I went out to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, and I bought a uh, it just felt like it was in high school. So I'm like, oh, I should probably it's buy the some. right thing to do. Yeah, it is. I bought uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. That's a good one. Yep, yeah, that's a good one. I don't know why it's still you... in plastic. It's... Oh really? You never even opened it? I don't have anything to play it. <laughs> I don't know why I bought it. Like, <laughs> like I need some sort of memento. That's, that's well, what the... I don't even know where it is now that I say that. So. We'll have to buy you a record player for Christmas. They're actually, not that expensive I... anymore. Yeah, but like, what am I gonna do? Ones. I play one record like <laughs> just perpetually. But it make it's you a good, worth it's a good record. It could make you a cool hipster priest. You know, I mean, that's the. Yeah, I think yeah, that ship is sailed. <laughs> I guess we just did call you an old man. You and so Father Patrick Bino. <laughs> yeah, you, guys we... can compa- you guys can swap vinyl. Like, oh, man. <laughs> well, Father Girardi, I could swap vinyl with him. That's true. I yeah, definitely have a Beethoven. Guy. That's yes. true. <laughs> He's out here to defend himself. <laughs> Although he probably does have Beethoven. So, mm-hmm. anyway. You know what I was thinking about the other day, you guys, was uh, how... I was curious because I was uh, I dressed up one day for work not that long ago. For Halloween, no, not not for Halloween. <laughs> so I was wearing like a tie and like like a like a nice jacket and stuff like that. And whenever I do that, there's always people at work who are always like, "Oh, you look nice today." Oh, and I was like, "Oh man, I feel like I should dress up more." People are like, they, they compliment, they they think I look nice, that kind of stuff. But anyway, I was like, you know. I, do 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 people ever like get thrown off if they see you guys like without your collar? Like, like do they not recognize you? Is it like, oh? Kind of a moment, <laughs> or not really? Because I mean, I'm pretty, it's probably really only your family you're really ever around. You're not truly wearing your car that often. That, no, it's, it's a fair. No, it's, I mean, yeah, it's the one I'm probably most seen out of. 
uniform yeah. is when I golf. Oh, okay. Um, golf because or I don't basketball maybe sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. but that's a little okay. bit because everyone's kind of well. I guess golf. But anyway, someone made the comment once. It's like, oh, father, I've never seen your legs before. <laughs> <laughs> I said they're they're not much to see. <laughs> But that's probably the most. we're in shorts, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Or listen, if I want to go to the grocery store, I just don't want to just kind of yeah, you just fly in, slide. buy my Greek yeah. yogurt, and just get out of there. That's how you go in for one, one, one tub of Greek yogurt, and you're out. <laughs> well, you know, Father knows what I'm talking about. Like, you buy anything, you see, like, oh, Father, blah, blah, blah. Like, yep, yeah, there it is. Everything in your cart is a topic of conversation. Yeah, for yeah. some reason, it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Oh, Father, I see you're eating healthy. You bought broccoli. You're like... Yeah, this is going in a cheese soup that someone gave me, so not healthy. <laughs> How can I take healthy food and make it immediately unhealthy? Yeah, cheese like, soup. How that's can it. I check the box next to vegetable in my diet? <laughs> Salsa, that's a good one. Yeah, that counts. There's, there's veggies in that. All, it's all veggies. It's, it's all veggies. veggies. Probably that's a lot see? of salt. Well, I mean, but you know, you need salt to live, you know? That's, so yeah, That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. It's a necessary ingredient. Well, anyway, I guess uh, since Father Mark and I probably already know the answer to this but for the good people at home how's the kairos year going this year father adam it's going really well directing it yeah the guys are doing real well there's a um, we have three this year they're already forming deep brotherly bonds right now they're on retreat so please keep them in prayer a little by the time silent retreat too right? yeah silent retreat um so they're up at catholic youth expeditions they've been in silence for the past day and a half so they do a three day silent retreat um this semester and then next semester they do an eight day silent retreat over Holy Week. Nice. So this is just kind of this is just a sample of what's to come. <laughs> an appetizer. So an app- is what I tell an them. An appetizer, like, if you like, will. I just tell them like, all right, guys, get ready. This is just a sample. And they're, <laughs> they're like, okay, Father, that's great. <laughs> okay, great. They, yeah. were, they were all kind of chomping at the bit to oh really to go on retreat. Yeah, that's good. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of retreat. You you were on a thirty day silent retreat, and now I we, we don't need to we don't need to get into the nitty gritty of that. But a thirty day silent retreat is based on uh, for the Ignatian spirituality. Is that correct? Correct. The yeah, Igna- it's he, the it's spiritual it's, exercises of Saint Ignatius, and that's designed to be a thirty day retreat. Is that what is that what that's supposed to be? Correct. Yeah, yeah. and that's what we're kind of talking about today a little bit. We're we're diving into some of Saint Ignatius uh, spirituality. Now that was a that was a good transition right there. I did say so myself. That was you looking at? smooth, 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 smooth transitions of <laughs> Kenny G Radio. Um, so <laughs> is it like a trademark thing? <laughs> I hope he doesn't come after me now. <laughs> so anyway, you've uh, you, you've been on here a couple of times to talk about uh, prayer, which I always appreciate because I've always appreciated your insights. So last time you were here, you talked about the A R R R. For those of you who haven't listened to that episode, that stands for acknowledge, relate, receive, and respond. It's a way to kind of uh, direct your own kind of prayer as you're going through the motions of prayer. I'd highly encourage you to go listen to that if you haven't already done that, because um, so I think it will not only help shed light on just prayer in general, but also on what we're talking about today. Uh, but today, you are joining us for the topic of, uh, again, Ignatian spirituality, uh, specifically on consolation and desolation. So now, um, as I've told Father Adam a couple of times in preparation for this podcast, this is an area where I am not very well versed in, like when it comes to Ignatian spirituality. So I um, I, I went to St. Francis of Assisi uh, Parish growing up, and then I went to a Franciscan college <laughs> for my undergraduate degree and then i mean i went to the augustine suit for my for my master's and i guess they have augustinian spirituality i guess but you know so i, I really don't really have a, a true good basis in ignatian spirituality i've always appreciated um ignatius spirituality i've always appreciated um the the little bits that i have gotten to kind of you know chew over over time it's like that um but here's what i know about this and you can kind of give me some more 
kind of context, both of you can give me some more context. I'm guessing you both have had some training in Ignatian spirituality as you go through priestly training, stuff like that. So here's what I know. <laughs> but priestly training? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It sounds cool, though. So yes. St. Ignatius uh, of Loyola, he's the founder of the Society of Jesus, we commonly call the Jesuits, um, was in the 16th century Spanish priest who, after a profound conversion, began a religious order to help combat the Protestant Reformation. Is that fair so far? Yeah, I feel yeah. like you just read off a of Wikipedia. No, I'm <laughs> actually not. I actually oh, okay. these things out. Okay. <laughs> Butler's Lives of the Saints. <laughs> no, so, so far, so good. Keep going. One, Keep going. Of, one of his most profound works and contributions to the church and the spiritual life as a whole was called the Spiritual Exercises, at which you did a third day sign retreat on in July mm-hmm. and August um, to kind of help walk through that. So now I feel like there's probably a lot of holes in in the in my understanding of, of Ignatian spirituality. I mean, like kind of like what he experienced to help him inspire to write the three the, the, to, write, to write the exercises um, and what those exercises have now been not only used for but the impact they've had. So I mean, thoughts to begin with on on any of those things of like. What was the situation in which Ignatius wrote the spiritual exercises? What was I mean? I'm sure there's. I'm sure you could probably give a whole dissertation length answer to some of these questions. But, um, you know, what was the what, what was the impulse there, and how has that been utilized in the life of the church? Uh yeah, big question. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> big question, little answers. I'm yeah, I'm not an Ignatian <laughs> scholar by any means, but from what I understand, um, like just the practicality of the. Th- 30 days. Yeah. Like, it's like the 30 days meant for people who are um, in active religious life, more or less. Oh, okay. So he knew that, like, as the Jesuits were growing, um, that there would be places where they would be sent where, um, where like, one guy might be living outside of um, Spain or France or Rome or outside of Europe. And then he might send another guy there who they don't know each other, but they, they're both Jesuits. And a common ground would be this 30-day spiritual exercises that they've all gone through. Oh, interesting. Um, a deepening of their relationship with God. And so they would all have kind of a common experience. So the Jesuits actually do it twice, I believe. Throughout their entire... Yeah, they do it once before. Um, I think once before their, they take vows and once after. Okay. Depending. Um, yeah. I think I don't know. I'm not a Jesuit. I'm kind of speaking off the cuff. <laughs> yeah, here, that's just, fine. But yeah, I I do know they do it twice. Okay, and um, well. we, it's kind of this. It's it's focused on the relationship between between the the individual and and God. Yeah, pretty much. And kind of you you pray through the life of Christ, um, and kind of incorporate your own life into it as well as as God draws you closer to himself. So is the 30 day, I mean, or I guess the spiritual exercises, is that a thing? This might be a dumb question, but is is that a thing that like anybody can pick up and just start reading and like doing, or is that something more or less that like should be done within the context of some kind of intentional formation or like is, should be done on a retreat or with a director, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So from what I understand, from what was explained to me before we started the 30 day, um, that the, the book, um, that St. Ignatius wrote on this, like the, the spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius, um, a lot of people do pick it up and read it, and they some most people like halfway through are like, "Well, this is all good stuff to pray on and stuff." It was like, "Well, that's what it's for." It's <laughs> it's mostly to help guide the director as right. he guides the individual through the exercises. Oh, okay. So that's something that a lot of people miss is that the 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 book for the spiritual exercises, I believe, is meant for the person directing the individual through the spiritual exercises. Okay, very cool. Father Mark, anything to add in your experience of this? 
Nope. Nope. All right. Great. I never. No. Never <laughs> done. Well, I mean, like the eight day. Our, our first taste of it, it probably was when we did this program at in Creighton at Creighton in Omaha, Nebraska, which was an eight day, but it was like a modified. I know we did some of the exercises, but not the full. So I mean, yeah, right. That's that's the extent of my um, experience with it. But I mean, yeah, it, it's entering the life of Christ. I think a lot of imaginative prayer, kind of entering like literally into the scene and in your imagination, seeing what the Lord brings to light from there. So hmm. um, I've only had a wee taste, just an appetizer. <laughs> Go be your big appetizer guy today, huh? Evidently. Be hungry? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> just a sample. <laughs> just, just sampling. But okay, so when it comes to then uh, for the, uh, for, for within the context of spiritual exercises, or at least in Ignatian spirituality, um, is the, uh, the, the two words in there that are, are consolation and and desolation. Um, now, I understand that in the context of Ignatian spirituality, I really haven't heard it much outside of the context of Ignatian spirituality. So, before we even jump into like what those things mean, like is that really rooted in Ignatian spirituality, consolation and desolation? From what you understand, and I'm not trying to put you in the spot of like speak for the Jesuits because obviously you're not one, but from what you understand, is that part of it or he? So, consolation, desolation have been a part of humanity yeah. for ever yeah. since God created us. I think the thing that St. Ignatius offered was the terms. Like, he mm. clearly articulated the spiritual life in a way that most people can, like, look at it and say, oh, this is my experience. And then he offers um, he offers kind of a guide for what to do, whether you're in consolation or desolation. So consolation, desolation, those are more or less, for lack of better terms, like, those are reactions of a soul. Yeah. So like consolation react is the soul reacting to what God is doing and desolation it's reacting to what the enemy is doing. And there's two different types. There's spiritual consolation and non-spiritual consolation. There's spiritual desolation and non-spiritual desolation. So like spiritual consolation would be you feel as though God is close to you, um you move towards heavenly things, prayer is easy. Um you feel affirmed as a beloved son or daughter of the father and non-spiritual consolation would be like um, something that makes you happier that you enjoy like and eating ice cream eating ice cream is a great example <laughs> it's of, my favorite non-spiritual consolation, consolation. <laughs> yeah. it's the best <laughs> so like that would be non-spiritual consolation yeah like eating ice cream okay conversely desolation yeah. spiritual desolation would be feeling far from the Lord. You have kind of a non-clinical sense, like a depressed attitude. Um, you don't feel as though the Lord is preoccupied with, with what's going on. Things are heavy. Um, the movement is towards more earthly things. So instead of like going and spending five minutes in prayer, which would be the reaction of somebody who's in consolation, um, you'd probably be more apt to go towards like the tv remote or the computer or the cell phone to try to kind of distract yourself from the desolation um, which is exactly why the enemy tries to get us there is because um, like his first reaction towards us isn't one of like trying to tempt us to mortal sin he he will if he can yeah right um but his first disposition towards a soul that's seeking God towards a person that's like actively trying to live a life of virtue is paralysis. So, and he does that by discouraging and not wanting us to move forward. So if you don't go spend five minutes with the Lord and he can get you to, you know, binge watch Netflix, he'll get you to binge watch Netflix. Not saying that's bad, but, but he will try to 
have you move towards earthly or more base things just to try to prevent you from engaging God in the relationship that is already present and that we should be going to in desolation. And then non-spiritual desolation is like, you know, you stub your toe or something like that. Just... (laughs) Or you, you open it up your freezer and there's no ice cream. <laughs> or it melts. Or it melts. <laughs> or your, it falls off the cone. Yeah. For instance. It's like, yeah. Yes. It's like, you know. Sad just, day. It's the, the image of not spiritual desolation. <laughs> it's like the Father, cone. Father Mark holding a cone is on the ground him just like weeping. <laughs> that's the image of not spiritual desolation. <laughs> it's, that's pretty great. We should make a little illustrated guide for people after this. So so in order to kind of back up here and make sure that we're, we're getting our terms right. So consolation is 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 the soul feeling consoled by the Lord that there's a sense of closeness there of being seen by the Lord of, of recognizing that he's present there yep. and in time of desolation is a time when your soul feels distant from the Lord that there, there, there there's something in the way is that is that fair I mean I'm again I'm, I'm trying to articulate what I'm understanding if I'm wrong it's okay to say no that's not quite it <laughs> and then you can correct yeah. me so I mean God is always there right yeah it's just what it's just who is it's so it's the reaction of the soul to who's predominantly working. So in desolation, the enemy is predominantly like um, giving the thoughts and the mm. feelings and the desires, which is why the person does not feel consoled or um, enlivened or um, or desiring to do great and um, virtuous things for the Lord. It's because there's there's a certain preoccupation with something not of God. Okay. And it's, I mean, a lot of people experience, like, in times of desolation, like, that's when the enemy kind of, like, throws out a bit more of attacks. And he does this by, like, bringing up our most painful memories, um, trying to um, convince us that this is something that will last for a while. There's no use. Um, the enemy begins to hide, like in in the Institute for Priesthood Formation, the spiritual direction training. They talk about the enemy hiding behind the eye. So, hmm. like, I, you know, like when I go to pray, it's of no use. Um, I can't do this. Um, uh, like the the spiritual life is not worth my time. Um, just trying to like all of those thoughts and feelings and desires would be indicative that a person is experiencing desolation the thing with desolation is like it's normal every that's what i was gonna ask yeah every person who's ever engaged in the spiritual life or in life in general experiences times of desolation there's no shame in desolation the only reason why we articulate consolation desolation is so that when we are in desolation there's certain things that we can do um to to increase our faith and to draw into a deeper relationship with the Lord. Not us increasing our faith, but permitting God the freedom to yeah. increase our faith. Right. Even in the midst of desolation. It's, it's like a time of trial, lowercase t. Okay. Is what desolation is. So there is kind of a natural, maybe kind of ebb and flow in the spiritual life of Absolutely. like, of, of consolation, a time of consolation and a time of desolation. Like, like that's, that's a fair assessment of the spiritual life. Yep. Okay. So like consolation, like most people, like, you know, they call the retreat high, like all of uh, those feelings, okay. like those are very consoling feelings. And so like, that's kind of like the, top tier consolation and then there's times where um like in desolation you feel just very far from the lord things aren't going well you like every action that you do you feel like you're messing up and stuff like that that's kind of like the base of desolation most of us on a day-to-day basis find ourselves kind of ebbing and flowing mildly between those it's like sometimes we'll bop up to 
real intense constellation. Sometimes we'll bop down to real intense desolation. But most of us just kind of like it, it's small movements within, within right. the heart. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like to me like there's almost a, a, an immediate need for right out of the gate for spiritual awareness. Mm-hmm. That like if, if, if you're going through the spiritual life, uh, which hopefully everyone listening to this podcast is doing, if you're not, get going. Um, <laughs> um, we encourage you. <laughs> we really encourage you to do that. Um, but it seems like, I mean, like the, the, the sense of awareness is really is really key because if you are finding yourself in a time when you feel maybe some dryness in prayer or you're not you're not receiving like the 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 the, the happy giddy feelings sometimes you can get from prayer like time with the lord like maybe i mean I, i'm picturing for myself like I, I, i'll just speak from experience i know like if there, there have been times when i've gone to eucharistic adoration or i've gone to uh confession ever might be and like when like when you're when you're there or when you're done like there's a sense of like a real a real palpable sense of consolation of like just happiness and joy. Sometimes I've gone to confession and I've left and I really haven't felt any different at all. And, and I, I know, I know for me it was good to have a priest who kind of coached me in that saying like, that's okay. Like, don't, don't think that you did something wrong. Don't think that doesn't mean the Lord's not working here, but like kind of learning how to temper the expectation a little bit there that helped me to become more aware spiritually of like, no, this is a good thing I did. This is a good thing. I know the Lord's going to use and whether or not I feel the sense of happiness after this prayer experience or after this particular moment isn't necessarily in indicative that I'm in a time of desolation. It's just more of like, I just need to be a little bit more calm and maybe a little more prudent with that. I mean, so, so people go through those, those movements all the time, but needing to be aware of what they're in is, is pretty key to knowing what comes next. Yeah. That's actually one of the things like when we're doing spiritual direction with people, when you say like, what, what happened in prayer mm. and they respond with nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, time out. Very rarely is nothing going on. You're like, okay, well, what happened in the nothing? What'd you do? Sat there. What was that like? I was bored. Well, boredom is something. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So in that boredom, what do you want? Well, I want God to, you know, I want God to be there to like to know his presence. Be like, did you tell him that? Or did you just sit there bored? Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, yes, we have to pay attention. It's like in the ARRR, this would be acknowledging and relating. I'm going through, I'm I'm bored and my boredom is leading me to just kind of sit here and wallow in my boredom instead of entering into the relationship that I meant to enter into in prayer. See, yeah. God is always immediately present to us. He's just, he's always there. And so when there are things that are stirring or not stirring in our hearts, like when we're bored, it's like those are things that we begin to relate to him. It's like if we're in the midst of, you know, say we're in desolation, like say things are really, really hard and like life is just kind of we're going through a difficult time. Prayer is very dry. God feels distant. And we go there and we're like, what's the point? It's like we need to ask ourselves, like, what? What do I want from God right now? Like, what do I need from God right now? And then going and bringing that to him. Yeah. With the understanding that, um, you know, even if you go there and, like, he's not giving you, like, the immediate consolation that we want, still sitting there in the discomfort, waiting for him and paying attention to him and rejecting a lot of the thoughts that come to us in times of desolation. Yeah. So it's like when, when we've had, like, you know, 
dry periods of prayer and we sit there and we're just like, this holy hour is going to be like the last one. We're just going to be like the last one. We're just going to be like all of them for the past two weeks. It's dry. It's never going to get better. It's like, all of, does do any of those like movements of the heart sound like we are engaging an infinite God in a relationship that he has started and desires to deepen during that hour? Yeah. No, not at no. all. No. All of those <laughs> things sound like somebody who is just like spinning the tires in the mud. Yeah. Which is, which is why the enemy will suggest things like this isn't going to go well. Yeah, it seems like like that like it's almost like like it's fertile ground like like for the enemy to, to to make a move. I mean because like it's like I mean it's I guess for some reason I'm picturing like I mean like you know I think it's in the first letter of Saint Peter when he says that the, that the devil is kind of like like a, a prowling lion you know mm-hmm. waiting for someone to kill. Like I'm picturing like a, a wounded animal you know like basically dragging its leg behind it in the forest and then you know and then the lion's ready to pounce because like it's a very easy kill you know it, it, there's almost no effort involved in that at all and that's what i'm picturing like a time of, and, may, and maybe that's a little bit too much <laughs> for a time of desolation but like that's kind of what he knows what like. he's it's, after yeah right but that's like but that's the opportunity in the midst of that when you when you choose the lord i mean that's i think where great faith increases like doesn't feel like it you could be doing anything else. You're, you're feeling this temptation. It's not going to be worth it, blah, blah, blah. But when you still go, I feel like that that takes more faith than anything. That's yeah. really when it, I think when big strides are made is in the midst of those difficulties. Which is, right. which is why the Lord, so God never gives desolation, but he doesn't mm-hmm. permit it. And mm-hmm. the reason why he permits it is because he doesn't want us to remain there. Yeah. So it's like, yes, showing up to prayer, that's what we should do even in times of desolation. But even more than that, um, paying attention to the desires that we have in the midst of desolation. Like I want God and I want him here now and expressing that to the Lord. Be like, Lord, you feel a million miles away Mm -hmm. and I don't like that. I want you here. I miss you. I love you. And I don't feel that love being reciprocated right now. And it hurts me. And I'm in this place right now that feels I, I, the only thing I'm feeling is your absence. It's like really like, you know, those groans of the heart. Yeah. Like that's that's where like the relationship is deepens when you're expressing those things. A lot of times we just sit there and like, it stinks and there's nothing I can do. And it's like, if we approach prayer with that, it's like we're going to feel like a boat, like just being tossed about by the waves. Yeah, right. But if we reject the thoughts that come in desolation, which usually lead us to be preoccupied with the future or preoccupied with the past, if we remain in the present moment and pay attention to what is stirring within our hearts and relate that to the Lord, that's where the relationship will deepen because you're actually even, whether you feel like it is the case or not, entering into communion with God. It's like the like the enemy try in desolation. The enemy tries to essentially convince us that we're, for lack of a better term, like fatherless, like without a father, without without anything to give. It's a strange thing that happens in the human soul, especially like in souls of like men, when they're convinced that there's nothing for them to give. Hmm. It's very like it 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 impedes us from moving forward. There's there's uh, like a lot of our worth, which it shouldn't be, but is tied in like, what can I offer? And if the enemy sits there and is like nothing and we listen to that prayer is going to be very difficult 
because that just kind of short circuits like that's where the paralysis comes in we're not moving forward we're just kind of stagnant yeah but if we look at it and we say i have these things that are stirring in my heart and 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 i want to be with the lord it's like we begin to express that to the lord now we're entering into relationship instead of trying to keep things you know at bay like if the if the enemy brings up like painful memories from our past he does so to try to like label us in that yeah. you are someone who did this or you are someone who this happened to and because of that there's something wrong with you mm. like there like your goodness is compromised because of situation x or problem y well even you said before is that like that that paralysis of like it if if the enemy is able to, to to pull something from your past or or try to maybe even somehow you know do something when it comes to your future and is pulling you out of the present moment by by pulling you out of the present moment like it's almost like a, like that immediate paralysis like like there's something that you you can't move forward with so you're, you I think you've been kind of touching on this a little bit but what what should a person be doing let's start with desolation let's just start there mm-hmm. what should a person be doing when they find themselves in a time of desolation and what should they not be doing when they're in a time of desolation, like like what what are the the I mean obviously this action is, steps yeah, yeah action steps I mean, it's obviously probably more tailored to a specific person who's receiving spiritual directions that hopefully that director knows their, their directee knows how how to direct them a little bit more but on a more thirty thousand foot view what's what should a person be doing what should a person not be doing yes this is actually what Ignatius talks about in his rules for discernment of spirits like rules one and two talk about um, a type of person moving from moving towards God in virtue or moving uh, away from God in in vice. And then rules three and four talk about consolation, desolation. The rest of the rules until about rule 12 talk about what they should do in consolation or desolation. So if someone's in desolation, mm-hmm. um, rule number five, which got crammed into our heads on that eight-day <laughs> silent retreat in at IPF yeah. in Creighton. You know, Somebody actually made a shirt and put it on the back of it. And I remember... Uh, I think he's a priest now, Father Steve Patrika, I think his name was, yeah, from yeah. Madison. Kind of an older guy, but he made, he made a shirt. He made a shirt he, to remind himself, huh? Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, I right. heart rule five, was that it? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, True story. So never make a change in spiritual desolation. So what that means is if you are used to going for 20 minutes a day or like spending 20 minutes a day in silent prayer and you find that you're in desolation the enemy is going to try to tempt you away from that, trying to convince you that it is not worth your time. It's of no use. You know, you're always heavier when you're done with it. What's the point? Mm. To try to get you to not go, right. not show up. So if your resolution was to pray 20 minutes in silence and, you know, you find yourself in desolation and it's really easy to just kind of like cut corners or maybe only stay for 19 minutes. Mm. It's like, like St. Ignatius instructs us, do not make a change. You made that decision probably in consolation or feeling an invitation yeah. from the Lord. Right. You cannot give up that that um, that practice. It's like an anchor almost, right? Unless yeah, right. it's in consolation. Mm-hmm. In desolation, we try to make changes to try to get out of the desolation. Right. So the the thing is though is like the enemy will always try to make us, you know, second guess ourselves or or to remove us from those good and holy practices. And part of the reason why is because like the enemy is not interested in in like resolving anything. Like when you're in desolation, his goal is to just keep the desolation going. Yeah. Um 
but when you find yourself there and you, it comes time for your 20 minutes of prayer and you say you're 15 minutes in, you're like, what's the point? And you leave after 15 minutes. Well, that's a little victory for the enemy. Well, right. Yeah. So St. Ignatius would say, do not make a change. Sit there in the midst of the discomfort and the desolation and long for God. Mm. And express but, man, that sounds that, that 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 sounds rough. You know what I mean? Because like I mean that you, I, I I can empathize with a feeling of like a, a change has to be made. You know what I mean? Like I mean mm-hmm. if if you're if if you're physically unwell, right? I mean like there's there there's a very real possibility that when you go to the doctor, they say, well, it's because you need to change these five things, right? Like that you need to change your diet, and you need to change your exercise, and you need to change your sleeping habits. Like change these things, and then you'll feel better right but in the, what you're saying like almost like in a spiritual diagnosis like if you find yourself in like this unhealthy and maybe not unhealthy maybe that's not the right word i'm making maybe yeah. a poor analogy here but when you find yourself in desolation i can understand why a person might be like i need to make these changes because i'm convinced that it, it will make me happier or I, I'll, I'll get right. back to this place you can feel that that anxiety there so yeah. in spiritual desolation we never make a change in non-spiritual desolation we actually do Mm. so like non-spirit a lot of non-spiritual desolation comes from like you know lack of sleep might be dehydrated poor diet all of those things can contribute to somebody being irritable or depressive or whatever so it's like in spiritual in non-spiritual desolation it's okay to make a change go to bed earlier (laughs) you know Go get, get a new ice cream cone. You know, drink, <laughs> drink a bottle of water. You'll sure. be fine. Right. Like, yeah. You know, if you want to have a good prayer life, yeah. like get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you like we are both like matter and spirit, right? So it's like if the matter isn't doing so hot, like it's hard for us to assent to. Which makes sense. But this is why, again, like needing a good spirit structure is probably really key because like they could probably be the ones to tell you like, no, I think this is more non-spiritual desolation. I think you just need a good night's sleep and, yep. and, and, and a good good home-cooked meal or something. Yeah, <laughs> something. Of your like fast just, food diet. Or, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Right. Okay. So anyway, so, so you shouldn't make a change during time of spiritual desolation. Anything else that, that's important to hit on of things you shouldn't be doing in yeah, desolation? Yeah, you should. You should make an act of faith that the same God who brought you to this point in your life will be the same God to give you consolation in the future and that your job is to remain faithful. Mm. So like the, the responsibility of the person in spiritual desolation is fidelity. It's not to fix the desolation. Everybody experiences desolation. It's a very normal part of the spiritual life. But I think because of the discomfort of it, we think that there's something wrong with us. Or we think that there's a problem with our spiritual life, which is exactly what the enemy wants. Yeah, right. In reality, it's an invitation. Like the reason why God permits it is it's an invitation to draw into a deeper intimacy with him and trust him, even though he's not giving us the joy of consolation, mm. that, to trust that God has not changed. That this is, you know, as Father Mark said earlier, like this is where growth in faith occurs. Like we learn wisdom through that which we suffer. So if we're suffering through a time of desolation and we're remaining faithful, that's actually what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And it comes from, you know, people say like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like Mother Teresa, you know, I'm experiencing a dark night of the soul right now. It's like, okay, two things. One, calm down. Two, yeah, right. two. You ain't Mother Teresa. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like two. Like, I mean, everything that you've read about Mother Teresa, like that—that that is that that comes from a relationship that Mother Teresa had with God. Right. For us to compare that, you know, you've heard 
you know, compare and despair or whatever. But for us to compare ourselves to another soul is actually not being like faithful for us to be inspired yeah. and to do those things and to um, adhere to the relationship that God has initiated with us. That's good. Yeah. But for us to like compare like that, that's actually not a good, you can almost see how the enemy could use that to, to prep, to, to, to paralyze you a little bit too. Like when you begin the, 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 the comparison, you yeah. know, as opposed to taking inspiration from, okay, a yeah. very holy woman went through a very dark period of mm-hmm. trying us in prayer. Like, if she can endure this, I can endure it as well. And maybe asking for her intercession or for her prayers, like that, those are all those yeah. are like a good affective movements of the heart to move towards that, as opposed to being like, I clearly am experiencing the same thing, and like, or something like right. that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's like you know, you see like her fidelity in the midst of that. That should encourage you to remain faithful to the relationship that God has with you, right? Not to be like, you know, okay, Mother Teresa went through this, or you know, John of the Cross went through this. And so I kind of have to like behave the way that they behaved. It's like, no, no. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. You're not Mother Teresa. You're not right. John of the Cross. Whenever yeah. we compare, like essentially like we're evaluating um, something that we can't evaluate. Yeah. Like how can you evaluate being loved? Yeah. How can you evaluate being known? Yeah. How can you evaluate being found? As soon as like those evaluations begin to come in, like the enemy in time of desolation will sit there and say, more. Like you have to do more. You have to be better. You have to do this differently. Mm-hmm. And we sit there and we're like, okay, so I'm in desolation. What do I have to do? You know, okay, so I went to I went to prayer and um, you know, like maybe I need to do like another rosary or four. <laughs> it's like <laughs> n- no, that's right. not coming from the relationship that God has with you. It's like in time of desolation, you know, that that twenty minutes of prayer, it's like um that you're committed to in time of desolation, stay for the twenty yeah. minutes. And if you want to stick a pencil in the enemy's eye stay for 21 minutes it's like those little penances appropriate penances sure. if you have a spiritual director always run your penances including lenten penances through them mm-hmm. <laughs> just so that you're not like you know i'm gonna overdoing it i'm basically. only <laughs> gonna walk to work yeah. during the season of lent and i live five miles away it's like that is completely unrealistic right? yeah right yeah <laughs> but to pay attention but to engage the Lord and to focus your gaze on him in Mm. time of spiritual desolation in desolation. We never engage the enemy because while God wants a relationship with us, he wants a relationship with us to redeem us, to draw us into a deeper intimacy with himself and to ultimately be with us forever in heaven. The enemy also wants a relationship with you, Yeah, but he wants a relationship to detract from the relationship that God has already initiated. Yeah. And so he suggests things and tries to bring us to desolation, and then it gets, then he tries to confuse us. And... Which makes sense. That makes sense. I, just for the sake of time, I, I feel like we can keep going for a long time in this, and I, I apologize for that. But in terms of just kind of wrapping it up and bringing it to a close here, time of consolation. Mm-hmm. What should a person be doing in a time of consolation? Like, how should they be reacting to a time of the Lord? feeling that 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 closeness with Him. Yeah, in time of in time of consolation. Um, First off, whenever you encounter consolation in prayer, stop. Hmm. Rest. God is revealing his love to you in a way that he's not revealing it to anyone else, and that needs to be honored and respected and received. Hmm. We can't 
like a lot of times in our spiritual lives, we try to like earn consolation, try to do things to yeah, be consoled. Right. Consolation can't be earned or won or whatever. It can only be received. Mm. It can only be received. So when the Lord is giving you consolation, stop and receive. Just rest in it. Like there's, there, there's nothing better than receiving the way that God desires to love us in that moment in the depths of our heart. Yeah. There's, there's nothing more important than that. It seems almost too like if, if you receive that consolation really well, um, then when you experience a time of desolation, you can almost call that to mind of like, like, like the goodness of what that was. And like, I, I know he will give me this goodness again. And like, and you can almost taste how good that was because you received it so well. It's, it's, it's like eating a meal. that's really good slower because like, this is just really good. And I want to enjoy it. It's not just like throw it down my gullet. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's, that's something Ignatius talks about too, is that like, you know, let the person who's in consolation, remember that there will be a time when he's in desolation and to to go back to this moment of consolation mm. with the under, to be reminded of God's goodness. And there's a humility there. Yeah. Um, that like when we are in desolation, you can look back and say, God is real. I had this real experience of him. He really gave, he really revealed his love to me. And that's the truth. This desolation is not the truth. Yeah. That which I experienced was, and I received it and it was real and it gives me the courage and the humility and the love of God to continue on to stay there for my full 20 minutes of prayer and silence, to maintain the habit of praying a daily rosary, to continue to do those thing, those decisions that were made in a time of consolation, yeah. and to reject those things that come in desolation. Beautiful. Yeah, I feel like it can go for a lot longer, so I apologize. It might be kind of a hard break moment. I, I'm always sorry, but we'll have to have you back on again to, to talk more about prayer. I, I love hearing you talk about prayer, man. You, you got a gift, Thanks. Father. You, well, you, I appreciate it. You, you got that. a gift. It's awesome. So thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for making time for it. Um, would you mind closing us in prayer and giving us your blessing? Absolutely. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. As it, it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. And with your spirit, Thank you again for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for your time. And whether you find yourself in a time of consolation or desolation, may you always be keeping.